A year ago, this was the sound outside the U.S. Capitol building. As supporters of Donald Trump stormed the building, many of the rioters said, we want this country back. It's our country, we want it back! Again and again, we heard this. You know, and as Canadians, what do we love to do, perhaps, more than anything? Well, if it's not lining up for a double-double and a ridiculous amount of, you know, how, how is this line up for coffee? I don't get it. But if it's not that, we love to point our fingers at Americans and what's happening in the United States and say, what? Nef- never here. That's not us. But the sad truth about living next to a cultural juggernaut like the United States is that we know their history, fictionalized, fed to us in movies and TV shows, and we know that far more than we know our own history. Did you know that we've had our own violent assault on our own seat of government? My next, my next guest has written a, a fascinating op-ed that you can read in the Globe and Mail. Uh, Roy McSkimming is an author. His most recent novel is Laurier in Love, which is actually based on the tangled love life of Canadian Prime Minister Sir Wilfrid Laurier. Uh, Roy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Alan. Good to be here. I appreciate you being here. Can you just, maybe in a nutshell, because we've got to go back here in history, and I've just, I found what you wrote about just uh, fascinating. What, in a nutshell, happened April 1849 in Montreal? Well, what happened one night uh, in 1849 was um, beautifully illustrated by the painting that the Globe and Mail uh, published yesterday, along with my article. It shows the Parliament of Canada, which was then located in Montreal. And Canada, of course, was just a small colony consisting of what would become Quebec and Ontario. That the Parliament building uh, in Montreal was in flames uh, in the middle of the night with uh, fire leaping into the sky, a very, very dramatic sight. And the reason that happened, uh, in a nutshell, is uh, just amazingly similar to the situation that occurred in the U.S. Uh, capital one year ago today that you have just been speaking about. Um, basically, you had, uh, at that time, just the beginnings of a, an infant democratic form of government in in the canadian colony uh the 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 government was was uh actually beginning to rule uh, the, uh expressing the will of the people as opposed to the british colonial government uh, running the show so it was self-government the very beginnings of it but uh one group did not like it because the results of the election didn't please them and these were the, the high Tory businessmen of Montreal at the time who were used to having things their way. And uh, they incited a mob uh, in the streets of Montreal that marched through the streets carrying torches, chanting slogans uh, until they got to the parliament building, which was a, a large, elegant wooden structure in, in, in old Montreal. They, they broke down the doors. They stormed inside the chamber and began beating up the uh, the people's elected representatives uh the the, the mps were, were were pretty tough in those days and they fought back they threw punches and they they even threw books and ink bottles at the attackers but there were too many uh, assailants too many rioters and eventually one of them grabbed the mace 
uh, the parliamentary mace. Another one sat in the speaker's chair. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. And the uh, the mob was in control of, of parliament. And, and, and eventually the building caught fire. Uh, it was, it was put, it was torched and it burned to the ground. So that, that is, that is our insurrection here in Canada, 1849. Now people are going to say, well, well, what possible impact or relevance does that have on today? But you write that the, the aftermath of it had a, a, a sustained impact on Canadian democracy that we enjoy today. Well, it did indeed, Alan, um, because even though uh, the, the, the mob kind of acting for these Montreal business interests had, had uh, succeeded in destroying the physical building, uh, the government of, of Robert Baldwin and Louis Lafontaine, uh, who were really the, the, first, the first leaders to implement uh, self-government uh, or even a degree of self-government in Canada, that they, uh, they refused to be cowed. They insisted that Parliament reconvene the very next morning, and they met in the uh, Bon Secours Market right next door to the uh, burned-out Parliament, and they continued the work of democracy. Um, the, the, the conservative opposition um, really kind of sobered up and, and woke up and, and went along with it. Um, basically, what happened was that all sides agreed to make democracy work, after all, by working within the, the rules of, of a parliamentary system and an electoral system and abiding by the, the results of the election. Yeah. Um, that was one impact. And I can mention another one, yeah, uh, which is pretty important, uh, that the Conservatives were in disarray at the time. There was a young MP called John A. MacDonald, and uh, eventually he joined forces with a Quebec Conservative, George Etienne Cartier. And a few years later, uh, they recreated the Conservative Party as a kind of a big tent party, uh, as it's known, you know, with um, uh, both English and French Canadian representation, and speaking for you know both language groups, uh, they really um, bridged uh, all those divides that that really existed very uh, very severely in Canada in those days. Divides of language and religion and region, and they they created a party that was that was um, kind of modeled on the one that Baldwin and Lafontaine had had. Uh, had created in the on the other side of the house, the Reform Party, they were called later Liberals, uh, and that really is the type of of party that has governed Canada ever since. You know, no matter which actual party is in power, they all need to represent um, all parts of the country, both language groups, uh, and be more and more inclusive, especially as Canada becomes uh, more and more diverse. Roy, it's, it's a fascinating article, and I appreciate you coming on and helping us understand a little bit more about our own past and how it relates to what we're seeing today south of the border. Much appreciated, Roy. My pleasure, Alan. Thanks. That is Roy McSkimming, who is uh, author of a, a number of novels and has written a piece, an op-ed, in the Globe and Mail, which you can check out. And isn't it interesting when you heard Roy talk about what would the immediate aftermath of the attack uh, back in 1849, was that there was a sobering up, a realization of big tent politics being the way forward. 
And we are seeing precisely the opposite right now in the United States.